0: Welcome to Dragon Talk! Yay! So excited for this, the real official Dungeons mm-hmm. & Dragons podcast.
1: Oh, I, I saw what you did there.
0: <laughs> Shelly Mazenoble is there. Hi, Shelley.
1: Hi. How are you, Greg Tito?
0: I'm doing pretty good. I'm a real house dad of uh, West Seattle.
1: Are you today? I am. Oh, that's, true. Um, that's so weird. Why would you keep like mentioning real and like real housewives?
0: <laughs> well, Shelly, I'll tell you. It's because we are fake. We are
1: AI <laughs> podcast hosts. <laughs> or we is are it?
0: talking to two amazing folks behind oh. the real housewives of Dungeons and Dragons for our interview today. They made your dream come true, Shelly. Is Shelley. this
1: really happening? Is this really happening?
0: It is. I'm Um, so excited. Exciting. Because Riley, Rose, Critchlow, and Valanchor have been uh, creating the content of Shelley's dreams and many other people's dreams out there in the world, dropping all kinds of hints uh, from reality television from a channel known as Bravo. 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 Um, as they are, uh, you know, playing Dungeons and Dragons, right? They're, they're real housewives, who fictional real housewives, who get pulled into a fantasy realm. Uh, it's super fun. And uh, we talk all about where the idea came from. And it I- does not come from where you would expect.
1: This is exciting for a lot of reasons. But I do hope, because I, you know, believe that there are lots of women who, like me, did not grow up playing Dungeons and Dragons discovered it as a an adult. And I do believe there's so much uh, positivity that comes from this game. There's so many wonderful social and emotional benefits that women, no matter what your background is, no matter what your interests are, could benefit from. And I wonder if there are women who haven't played D&D, but are fans of The Real Housewives that are perhaps this could be their entry point and, and they too could realize, you know what? This game does sound fun. Like this could just be our book club. This could just be like what I do with my friends. It's a wonderful release. And I just, I, I'm excited about it for so many reasons. But that's that's something that's always on my mind is how do we get more women to be excited about Dungeons & Dragons? Especially those, you know, that, didn't, that don't think they're fantasy fans or didn't play D&D. It yeah. is a game. It's a game for everyone.
0: Yeah. So, It's a game of pretend. Uh, You know, we often say how if you played with you know dolls or action figures or any toys when you were a kid, and you put voices in those action figures' uh, voices, like if you actually use those voices in your head as you're playing and pretending, you're playing D and D, and that's true. uh, If they were Barbies uh, and having you know uh, uh, real Housewives type content, uh, or if they were Transformers, and they also had Real Housewives type content, because mine certainly did. did.
1: Yes, absolutely. Because you were a dungeon master even then. Yeah.
0: Just My Transformers the- flip tables.
1: Uh, <laughs> <kept them> <laughs> this is exciting. So Yeah. Great interview. Do not panic if you are not a Real Housewives fan. There is plenty of good, fun content here just about D&D. And just, you know, taking something familiar to a lot of people and using that as the centerpiece of your story. It's a great way to learn because you've got that familiarity. And yeah. and I also love that uh, I love the players were also new to D and D, so it's a very good entry point. If you have friends that you want to get into D and D, th- and they're like, "No, I would never play fantasy," this might be a great entry point for them.
0: Right? It doesn't have in. to be, you know, the the swords and sorcery that many of us goes to. There's so many different flavors yes. of storytelling that you can combine the the fantasy uh, uh, tropes with other tropes, and that makes new content i mean people have said many times there's only like you know 12 different stories in the world and in the history right it's just how they combine and how they interact with each other and how those um archetypes um survive through different mediums is what makes great stories and you have to pay attention to it so do it make it happen um maybe Mm -hmm. add some giants into your game uh that uh, giants of the real housewives um why not dinosaurs right you can do that by getting excited about Big B Presents Glory of the Giants, an amazing Dungeons & Dragons book that is on its way to you this summer from Wizards of the Coast. Um, if you ever loved having uh, the Storm King's Thunder storyline and you want to be like, hmm, how can I add more big-ass beasts to <laughs> throw at my party? <laughs> Here's how Who you can do it. Asked that? Use this book. Um, as well as know more about the history of these uh, legendary big folk.
1: Big. And speaking of big mammoth bestiary, over 70 monsters are in this book. hmm Come on. New is monsters. Van, is Lisa
0: Vanderpump one of them?
1: Well, I mm. she could. She's definitely a, a giant player in the Housewives universe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah? Is she a monster, though?
1: It's The jury's out, Greg. It's a good question. <laughs> A lot of you can, there's a it's a it's a it's debatable,
0: and that's what's important about good drama is you don't know it could go either right,
1: way, right? Right, absolutely. So I do love all
0: of the options that are in this book uh, for dungeon masters to uh, expand this part of the world, right? And then now that we have a uh, Fizzban's Treasury of Dragons and uh, Bigby's Glory of the Giants, I want some enterprising dungeon master to throw both of them together. And have some throwdown fights between giants and dragons. You can do it now. Whoa. You'll have all the
1: tools. Oh That's a cool idea. Right? These, yeah.
0: What can beat up a big, you know, fire-breathing lizard? Well, 26-foot tall cloud giant can.
1: Maybe. I mean, it remains to be seen.
0: But it can be seen in your campaign now that you have both of those at your fingertips.
1: So, speaking of dragons. Yeah. The Practically Complete Guide to Dragons is a new book that's coming out in August and it is Tell us about it. gorgeous. It's a it's a field guide. It's a field guide to dragons, a great gift for a dragon lover of any age. I know plenty of them that are on uh my list that will be getting this book as soon as it comes out, but it's like it's like an illustrated story guide that tells you all about all the different kinds of dragons where they build their lairs, what you might find in their lairs, who they're friends with, how big they are. It's got, like, cool stats, stunning artwork. It takes the the best of A Practical Guide to Dragons, A Practical Guide to Dragon Writing, and A Practical Guide to Dragon Magic and puts that all together in a very nice, big, thick, beautiful book. But it comes out in August. And, again, it is great inspiration for just... Anyone who loves fantasy creatures like dragons, or even dungeon masters, because there's lots of lore in this book too that you can take and use in your games. I, I have learned a lot about dragons just from reading through uh, the pages of this book. Yeah. Very cool. Very, very it's beautiful not, book. And
0: it's not a mechanics book like FizzBand's no, Treasury of Dragons. No, 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 no. No, nope. um, it's almost more akin to the Young Adventurers Guides uh, a, yeah. that our friends um, uh, Stacey and Jim Zub, have been putting together for a long time. In that D- it gets its inspiration. It's like, oh, it's here's, a, here's a, a, a primer, a primer on what's going on <laughs> with uh, with dragons um, specifically, and all of the fun stuff. And it's great to. It's like a it's like a coffee table book. It's yeah. a great gift for kids. It's a it's a back of the toilet book too. If you're just like, hmm, I've got some time, I would like to read about dragons. I've, I've got some time. <laughs> it's the perfect uh, thing to to learn more as well as um, you know let people know it could be an in world. Uh, Gift to to your fans or to your players, for example, if like someone is like, "Oh, this was written in the world of D anD D," talking about uh, oh, that's this a cool dragons as if they're real, and then you're like, "Oh, I can give you this actual tome. This was written by someone in our fantasy and it, realm because
1: it is because it's supposed to be the notebooks of Sindri Suncatcher, uh, a very well-known, well known what he thinks he's a well known wizard, um, dragon expert. But that is such a cool idea to actually give that. Use that book yeah. in its physical sense in a and d game. I love that.
0: Especially players who are new, right? Who would be like, may don't know all of the decades of history that Wizards oh. has put out around dragons. Well, you're like, hey, here you go. Here's an really in-world uh, uh, tome. And you it may, can even be like the object of a quest or something like that. And you're like, yes. oh, yeah, you have to go to this place to find, find this it. book so that you get it. And then you can reward them with is it I think Visit
1: different dragon lairs? I think really I know cool. some real
0: housewives who would like to know more about dragons
1: would they <laughs> would they be what would they do up against turn into dragons i've seen that happen actually <laughs> <laughs> i've definitely seen that happen
0: there's been some fire breathing very, at some very of those common, silly parties that they've been in new jersey
1: yeah <laughs> um well speaking of that should we should we just get to this amazing interview? I think interview? we should. I think All we right. should, uh,
0: uh, you know, uh, spit out some some uh, grain alcohol and light it on fire and get going with this interview. Yeah. Let's welcome Riley Rose Critchlow and Valid Shore to Dragon Talk.
1: Yeah.
0: Thanks for having
2: us. We're so excited yeah. to be here. Oh, oh to be
1: here. This is literally the most excited. Maybe ever I've ever been. <laughs> like,
2: that's, that's wild. <laughs>
1: that's wild. I would just, I have to just say, you two and your your group have done what so many people have talked about, have fantasized about, have made fun of me about. <laughs> You're doing it. The real Housewives of Dungeons and Dragons. The ultimate collision. Of my two greatest loves. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy to have you here.
2: Wow. I'm thrilled to hear that. It is also a collision of two of our greatest loves, although at least speaking for myself, I didn't know that when we first started. Um, (laughs) I got a text message from Valen at like, I don't know, two in the morning, one summer night. And she was like, "Mm, real housewives of Dungeons and Dragons question mark. And I had never seen Real Housewives, and I had never played Dungeons and Dragons, so oh, I was amazing. naturally I was like, "Yes, I'm in 100." percent um, And since then, have spent years with both pieces of material, and and yeah, gotta say, two of, two of my greatest loves as well.
0: Yep. Oh, wow, so you're a convert? Well, That's amazing.
1: It happens. See, Greg, it's possible for you too. <laughs> it it truly is. I, this just brings up even more questions. Um, <laughs> But I guess maybe I'm going to go back to you now, Valen, because what was the impetus for sending that
0: text?
1: Right? <laughs> it's like, I'm not it.
0: doing like you up or like anything like that. <laughs> just see,
1: uh, she just sent yeah. it to her entire Rolodex and thought, who's going to respond?
3: It's <laughs> exactly. all out there. And the rest and is and history. One guy, yeah, he can respond. So but One guy. Exactly. The text. Um, well, I've been watching reality television since season two of The Bachelor, Andrew Firestone.
1: Oh, mm. right there with you. Thank you.
0: And Girl, Andrew. Yep. He made the tires, right?
1: He did. His family did. Yes. And he had uh, the winery too, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Firestone yeah.
1: Wineries. Yeah. I wonder if it's still there. I would go. Oh, well, pilgrimage. <laughs> Hints
0: of rubber and
1: <laughs> mm, <thing>.
0: asphalt. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah. And um, I played Dungeons and Dragons once before um, as a PC, not as a DM. And I've always loved video games. And, you know, it kind of just came to me very clearly. Actually, I had put my head on the pillow to go to sleep. And it was like, Real Housewives of Dungeons and Dragons. And I was like, no, go back go back to almost (laughs) sleeping. And it just came in louder uh, to the point where I had to get up and text Riley, who I hadn't texted in like a year.
2: Whoa! Yeah. So Valen
3: and I went to high school
2: together. So we've been Mm. old friends for a long time. So it wasn't necessarily weird that this was out of the blue after not texting (laughs) for a minute. But um, I'm glad you did. Real glad
0: you did.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So why did you text Riley who had not played Dungeons and Dragons or watched the real housewives?
0: What was the connection?
3: Well, Riley's one of the funniest people I've ever met and knows a lot of funny people. Okay. Mm. Um, and it, for some reason, I don't know. It was, I have a lot of talented friends that do various things. Um, but this one just was very clearly like Riley. And then Mm -hmm. after that, it was my writing partner. (laughs) Um, and within that was the right call, because within like a week or no, like within days, you had got it together real fast whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, I
2: I also I grew up watching Survivor. It was like my near and dear to my heart, starting with season two Australia um, and just like religiously. So reality TV, I, you know, I had I'd, I'd swum in that pool. Um, I was very willing to do the re- the research involved yes. in Real Housewives. I t- still tell that myself, is, I'm like, I'm doing research. It's for the that show. That is one of my questions. Um, yeah, I'm just going to watch 18 episodes in a row for the show. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Valen texted me. I was like... Absolutely. Yes. It was also it was like summer 2021. So just coming out of the pandemic, mm-hmm. like nothing was happening. And what a great thing to spend all of my time and energy on. And then, yeah, we had like a meeting about it. Maybe I think maybe Allison was involved at that point as well. Valen's writing partner, um, Allison Zada. And then I had previously done some podcasting with uh, Nicole Wyland and Alex Reeves. The five of us are now sort of like the team behind the show. And so I was like, yeah, I think I could get Alex and Nicole involved. Let me text a few people that I think would be good in the cast. And within like 15 minutes, everyone had said yes. Um, Liz Jenkins, incredible actor. Liz Elizabeth Ho, incredible actor. And Kosha Patel, who is my favorite story. Um, I texted them all kind of the same thing. Like, hey, how do you feel about playing Real Housewives of Dungeons and Dragons? We're just going to do it for fun. We might turn it into something at some point, but like no promises I don't know. What do you think? And Kosha responded, yes, absolutely. I'm in. By the way, whose number is this? <laughs>
1: oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Which is That's just amazing. so classic.
2: Kosha slash key. She plays Kiki on the show. Like, Enthusiasm, so much enthusiasm, so much life and spirit. Without even knowing who was asking her, she was just like on board. Um, so what wow. a treat! Get all of these people involved—that
1: is trust, right there. It's, yeah, that's I how you knew it was a, the it's right idea, yeah. right? Because
0: it was completely, you know, blind taste test. It was like, mm, this is Pepsi. Uh, yes, I want to do this project. <laughs> uh,
1: this is okay. So did now has the rest of the cast played D&D, or watched The Real Housewives?
3: I would say that there's a spectrum on how much Housewives or reality TV uh, our cast has watched, um, ranging from very little to very much. With D&D, I I think there's only one other. Liz Jenkins had some experience in playing, and Misha Reeves, who plays Sasha, coming in at um, episode six. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Has the most experience out of
2: all of us in playing. You can oh. tell once you get to her episodes, uh, she kind of helps corral the group a little bit um, from a DD and <laughs> d side of things. She's an incredible actor and an immersive theater actor. So she's like in character the whole time. But like just trying to suggest that maybe we wanted to look at our character sheets and see <laughs> what sort of
1: choices we could make <laughs> that would help us move this party along. Um, That's and good. We, we resist that frequently, but she tries. It's good to have that that yeah. person in the group.
0: Um and so so the real housewives of, of Dungeons and Dragons is uh it is is it in uh, the world of the fantasy or are these people from our world and then they get put into it like uh like the D&D cartoon.
3: Yeah that so one. the real housewives <laughs> of Anaheim <laughs> in honor. Um, yeah, and they fall through during their reunion on the sound stage.
1: Which so like it actually, seems like like judging from some of these reunions we've seen lately, totally possible.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: it's just going more and more that way, right? It
2: is. Definitely.
0: Of course, the interdimensional portal would open up in the middle of the fight. Or yeah, they got to
2: keep upping the drama. Like,
1: what
0: are you <laughs> yes. going to do
2: next?
1: Right. <laughs> so they get, they, they end up in what world now are they? It's called Saxpira
3: okay. as part of the Forgotten Realms. Uh, yeah, they fall right through a portal into a dungeon cave sort of thing and uh, down a waterfall into the whimsical world of
1: Creekside. Is there like an Andy Cohen-esque character that also fell with them?
3: Did not fall with. Uh, mm-hmm. His name is Sandy, but he is the host <laughs> of, of the show <laughs> on The Network, as we call it.
2: Mm, yes, The Network, capital N. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> All powerful. Of course. (laughs) Yes.
0: They're algorithms. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I
2: think once we, once we, obviously at first it was just sort of the name itself was so fun and funny that we were like, there's so much possibility here. But once we started kind of digging into it and especially, understanding more about how the show real housewives actually works the more these pieces started really making sense to put together um the the fact that like the cast members on housewives are playing a game themselves essentially to get the most screen time to get the most followers to stay on the show to get their contract renewed to get their salary increased they are there's gameplay happening there and the producers cast when they choose the cast for the show are choosing recognizable archetypes in the same way that D&D plays with recognizable archetypes and that putting a cast together and putting a party together where you have balance between the hothead, the queen bee, the sidekick, the wannabe it, there's a lot of correlations there that we were like, this might actually not just be sort That's of like a fun and funny thing, but functionally work really well. That's fascinating. Yeah, even, even
3: the classes within D D really uh cradled that theory quite well. Um you know, just it, even just the 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 natural ability of a sorcerer versus wizard, we took that. Uh, with our characters to mean, you know, even with their acting talent, like who was naturally talented versus who had learned to, you know, enter the spotlight this way and the differences between, um, yeah, those little nuances that we love so much about the Real Housewives. Yeah. And
2: because a lot of us were new to D&D, Valen and Allison put in a lot of incredible work uh, building out the D&D side of our characters. So we all came to the table primarily as actors being like, here's a housewife-inspired character I've invented. And then they sort of translated that into what would this mean for a campaign? What class would they go in? What would their different abilities be? How would that come across on the show? We
3: actually made a Google form. It was a fake application Would oh, yeah. be on Real Housewives of Anaheim. Oh. And within all those questions, we were uh, we were asking the questions based off of the character sheets themselves. So try. I can't think of a good example, but you know, something to do with strength. Like, you know, have you ever gotten in any, any fight? Have you ever
1: flipped maybe? a table? <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. Oh. Yeah. Or <laughs> there was
2: one. That, there was one question that was like, "What would you do if your arch nemesis posted something on social media that got more likes than you got, or something oh, along those lines?" That like it felt very real. like character development. Yeah, and for us, exactly, it was really nice to be like, "Oh, I don't know, what would she do?" So hopefully, we went in with characters that were relatively fleshed out and felt really true to the housewives world. And then they they gave us, interestingly, redacted character sheets. So we went in um, and the information was revealed to us as we played. So we didn't even know our class going in. We didn't know oh, what wow. our abilities would be. And it was sort of like peppered in as it became relevant throughout the show.
3: We wanted the... Uh- we wanted our cast to have the same experience as the characters themselves and not knowing what their abilities were or how it would translate to this magical world or that they would have any of those abilities at all in the first place. So that was a kind of a natural discovery process in the campaign. The other thing we did uh, after the applications is we got together and did four major events, um, which was just us play. Playing through um, shared past history, uh, which was us trying to get uh, the characters in a place where they'd known each other for a long time and they had drama that they could reference or all their relationships would be more set uh, once we entered the world.
2: Yeah, we did some sort of like group improv exercises about like, so you guys remember that time that this thing happened? Let's talk about it. <laughs> so you'll hear some of that in the pilot episode, which is the reunion where we we reference some of these like previous events. And some of that is pulled directly from those improv, those sort of pre
1: game improv sessions. Oh. Like, does it actually go back? Like, are you actually referencing audio that we happened, were not pulling? Like- yeah, we're not playing the actual audio,
2: but we're referencing the that information that oh, okay. we improvised oh, together. Oh, that's
1: really cool. That's yeah. a great idea.
2: Yeah, it was really fun to do it that way. I think, honestly, the fact that we didn't really know exactly what we were doing going in, we just gave ourselves full permission to kind of do whatever, and it it really worked out. But that's kind of the beauty of D&D, is there's so many different ways to play.
1: And it's kind of lends itself to the story that you're telling. If you are truly new to D&D... They're also like a group of housewives who are g- probably grossly unprepared to enter a fantasy world. Yes, absolutely uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> so that you do get to like pull on some of that, like I have no idea what I'm doing here, and all like why is there like this quiver of arrows strapped to my back? Now I don't know any of that. Um, so that it I'm sure that that's not coincidental. I'm sure, Valen, you planned it that way, but. Um, I love a good origin story. I do, too. Absolutely.
3: It's, it's felt like the ultimate one for me for my, you know, to really think uh, through what that would mean for these women dropping through. Personally, as a, a as a fan for a long time, I see and have seen, as I'm sure you do, too, Shelley and Riley now that and Greg, eventually you will. Yeah, well, <laughs> Welcome to the
2: dark side, Greg. I shall ah, The
0: darkest. <laughs> I get enough of it through osmosis from my wife, but that's... Uh... More on the selling sunset side of things, oh,
3: mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: We can talk uh, about that too.
3: But they're, they're remarkably strong, uh, and iron minded women on this show because of what they have to endure off of the show and how that comes back into play when they're on for a second season, for example. Yeah, Riley and I talk a lot about our obsession with watching a season one housewife turn into a season two housewife. Um, yeah. This,
0: what's the difference there? What, what is that transition?
3: It's so fascinating. It's a lot of times
2: they've never seen themselves on camera really. Cause they're, so Beverly Hills is a little different cause there are actual actors that come on to the, that are in the cast of real housewives of Beverly Hills. almost all the other seasons is all women who haven't really seen themselves on camera regularly or at least definitely not in that volume. And you'll see a really distinct switch in a lot of them when they come back season two in terms of the way that they're presenting themselves, the sound bites that they are hoping get used, um, the way that they're shaping the narrative or participating in the narrative. It depends on the person. Sometimes they come in super hot their first season and then they kind of like take the... uh, put off the gas pedal for their second season to be like, oh, people really hated me. What if I was nicer? Um, Or they're too boring their first season, you know? So then they're trying to like manufacture drama in their second season. Because if you make it past, if you make it to your second season, you're already lucky in the sense that like you didn't just get some of them just get cut right away and you never see them again. Um, but if you make it past that threshold, then you have the option of your salary going up. It's a huge investment to be on the show. All of these women are spending tons of their own money on all of the, the glam teams and the expensive outfits and these trips that they take each other on. So they're investing a huge amount of money and they won't see a return on that until they've been on it for several seasons. So watching them sort of figure out—usually they don't know that there's a game to play in the first season—but once they realize and they start playing the game, it's so interesting to watch that develop.
1: Usually, there's new teeth, also.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like, oh, you're blonde now and you've
1: had some work done. And... Yep, they all go to the same teeth doctor, like these giant white chompies. But um, it's it's interesting too in that because in the off season. Or, or while the season's airing, they are getting that feedback immediately from fans, mm-hmm. and when there's a housewife that performs really well, the other ones just are like, "We're coming for you." Second, <laughs> like they will try to bring her down. Like they yeah. do not like the popular one.
2: As the whole discussion between Jill about Jill Zaren trying to get everybody to when Bethany came back to Real Housewives in New York being like, No one film with her, and then that came yes. out in the reunion.
1: <laughs> and Jill has been on the outs ever since, yeah. And that was it for Jill, yeah. Yep. See what can happen, Greg.
0: I'm glad they're so, investing all this time and energy into their families and making sure that they have good, positive <laughs> relationships.
3: Oh, you'll also watch
2: their personal relationships crumble while this happens. A Lots lot of, of divorce it. happens. It's, yeah,
3: it's pretty wild.
1: <laughs> yep. Lots of of kids in the background just staring into the camera. <laughs> yeah. What's no, they're happening? not usually good people, I would say. But that's <laughs> it's, it's a certain type of person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know. So, good. are all
0: of these uh, the the cast members of Real Housewives of Dungeons and Dragons? Are they all chaotic evil? I would assume.
3: A really good question. That's a really we, good question. We didn't we didn't actually did not ask them until we were making um, some social media content that we need that information for, um, and so we we asked them like, who do you think your character? You know, uh, what do you think they align with? Um, And everyone pretty much came back with some sort of version of chaotic evil or neutral or lawful evil was one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. Rule
0: followers.
3: (laughs) I think there's a game to be played. I don't know if this is super common, but we do uh, do persuasion checks on each other a lot. It's a lot of calling for persuasion and deception checks within the party. Mm. I
0: mean, that, that simulates the dynamics of that that game yeah. that you're playing, which is trying to one-up each other, but without seeming like you're one up each other. That's right.
2: Other. Yes. Yeah, see, you get it. This is the exact game. It's like yeah, being like, I, oh, I don't really care. I don't care. I'm so casual and so cool. But like, I care so deeply. Right. But like, I don't want you to think I care and everything is fine. <laughs>
1: yes. So. But
0: it's so transparent at the same time.
3: Yes. And
1: yeah, those. And entertaining. Watch. And entertaining. And an entertaining. What? Yeah, that
0: part I don't, I disagree with. <laughs> <laughs> the entertaining part. Just wait. You'll get there. <laughs> it hurts me. It hurts my soul.
1: There's so much story, though. I have always said, like, there is there is so much story in all of these, manufactured or not. It's there and amazing NPCs and amazing villains that you can pull into any campaign. So, but I want to go back to Riley to your the research that you had sure. to do here <laughs> uh, when when creating your character. Was there a particular housewife or maybe a few of them that you felt really inspired by and that you would want to to create a character based off of?
2: Yeah. So the character that I play on Real Housewives of Dungeons and Dragons is named Cassandra Kasternak, and she's best known for running a multi for running a pyramid scheme. OK, that she- Maintains is not a pyramid scheme, of course. Um, and she also like poses on the cover of various romance novels that she like for sure has a ghostwriter for. Okay. So there's like elements that I kind of cherry-picked from. Salt Lake City. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Something like a little gensha-ish there. Yeah, a little Gen ish yep. <laughs> uh,
2: Beverly Hills. At the time, also I was watching the um, oh man, what is it called? The Teal Swan documentary. Oh yeah. And that she's she's probably have most heavily influenced by Teal Swan. Once I started going down the rabbit hole of the of the pyramid scheme situation, which is really just a cult. Um, and there's also, there's a great episode of a podcast called sounds like a cult where they talk about real housewives and the cult of real housewives. And when I listened to it, I was expecting them to be talking about people, listen, people, uh, people watching real housewives that the viewers are all part of a cult, but they are talking about the cast members, uh, kind of the stuff we were just saying that they've like invested all this money with this promise of this grand thing. And that usually doesn't work out for a lot of them. So my mind was definitely in kind of like cult leader zone when I was creating casts. So Teal Swan with like essence of, uh, yeah, Jen Shah. I would say some there's some Sonya Morgan in there. Okay. Just like thinks that she's the most fabulous and can't possibly be touched and refuses to accept
3: any other reality. That's probably pretty
2: Sonya of her.
3: Yeah. Definitely. And for the relationship dynamics with Cassandra, we wanted her to be the most uh, seasoned out of all of the existing characters at the time. So she's been on for 10 seasons. Um, okay. Kind of like our Kyle in a way. I would say she's the OG. The, exactly. Asked out, the Lisa Vanderpump has played really well with production and has earned that middle spot in the title sequence, holding the.
1: Oh. Case the that's it. Okay and and do does uh, Cassandra get to sit um to the the left or right of Sandy during the reunions mm-hmm. you did map that out I feel like you told us where we were
2: sitting at the beginning and now I don't even remember but I feel like probably you're otherwise she would have thrown it. a fit yeah yeah
1: yeah you got to be there yeah <laughs> okay and Those then tables, what about the other clip. cast members would they be recognizable um if if I you're mean, a, an astute housewife watcher could you
3: there's a few correlations Anya uh was very much inspired by Yolanda from Mm -hmm. Beverly Hills Oh,
1: the original almond mom
3: yes oh my god yeah that's very true I feel like capital a almond mom (laughs) Uh, um uh, Dr. Christina was in part inspired by Lisa Barlow oh wow
2: and also the uh what's her name that that in Beverly Hills, like early seasons, she comes on and they're like, we made the show medium about her and she's the real medium. So part of Dr. Christina's thing is her name is Dr. Christina Yang, which is the name of the character on Grey's Anatomy. And she's like, yeah, they actually wrote that character based on me.
1: Oh my
3: god! Are you talking about Camille Grammer? <laughs> yeah, it's Camille, but it's Camille's
2: It's Camille's her psychic. The medium, in. the one yeah. that,
1: that was smoking and telling Kyle, like, he's never going to satisfy you emotionally. That <laughs> Yes, <one>? exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that... That's yeah. a great character to bring in.
2: Kiki is sort of a catch-all of somebody's first season. So the idea with Kiki oh. is that this she she just had her first season. She's the richest one of all of them. Um, so it's sort of like some of those housewife tropes that weren't encompassed in the other characters. And then Liz Jenkins plays Cece, who's an ex-child star who's like known for being on a sitcom when she was little and maybe hasn't. Reached as much fame in her later life as she would want to, so now she's you know turning to reality TV as you do, as you
3: yep. do, and then Sasha who comes all those in big fish that Real Housewives likes to get every so often, like the Denise Richards of yeah,
2: all. exactly. And then yeah, when Sasha comes in, she's almost just directly Lisa Vanderpump. We just needed we needed
1: an LVP, you yep. know. <laughs> Is there a potential for spinoffs with that? Oh yeah, there? yes. <laughs> Also important. Uh, Absolutely. Um, this is amazing. Wait. So, so
0: plot-wise, after the first portal opened, then a second portal opened, and more people fell through.
2: Well, there's a question. So we run as, as a group. I guess we, we should. There's maybe these are spoilers. I don't know. As a group, we we encounter another housewife in our journey, and there are some questions around why she's there, what she's doing, what she's up to. Um, so some of that is still mysterious. Like from she a different franchise? That, no, she, from, from our franchise. Okay. But she just didn't fall through the portal with us. Oh, so,
1: interesting.
3: Yeah. It was at Bono's fundraiser that she... <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The, so so that's then the question funny. is like, did Bono fall through? Is Bono here too?
1: Oh, this is great. Right. So like, Can I play Bono?
0: <laughs>
2: Yes. Yes. There you go. You have the part. Yes. Excellent. We will ask you to do some research first. So just like <laughs> oh, all of Beverly Hills, if you can fit that in, it's totally fine. There's only 4,000 hours of television to get through.
0: I volunteer to uh-huh. watch every quickly. cringy interview that Bono has ever given over the last 30 uh-huh. years, uh, yes. as well as all of his concert films. I'll do it all for you. Great.
1: Very dedicated. <laughs> um. So I always have felt like a dungeon master, is essentially a reality TV show producer. Mm-hmm. So would you agree with that statement first, Valen, before I continue? We would very, very um, much agree with that statement. So Strongly. with all of this inspiration at your fingertips and these, mm-hmm. in, this very creative cast with this these very rich characters, how, how do you even begin to start weaving all of these pieces together? And are there like certain player dynamics that you're excited to put up against each other? Do they even know what those are? And like, there's so many threads. How do you know which ones that you're going to be pulling at? We,
3: Allison and myself, like to pull up the threads that we're the most excited to think about, honestly. Like if it makes us excited, uh, that's what we'll focus our time on. There is so much there, but the, uh, the cast gives us so much to work with. Every single time we have a session, they'll say, a million things that were inspired to, you know, expand on in the next one. Um, the DM being similar to a producer, that revealed to be even more true with more time as we were doing things. I did some research on how The Housewives works behind the scenes um, with this book called The Housewives by Brian
1: Moylan. Mo- 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 Yes,
3: yeah. um, And that was, you know, that was fascinating. And that, yeah. that colored in a lot of what ends up being a big part of the campaign. Um, yeah. Did
1: I answer that question? Yes, absolutely. All right. and, I, and I specifically think you could say a producer, but I really, because rea- we know, we know a lot of behind the scenes, how this stuff works. That's why I say a, a reality TV show producer, because maybe a Dungeon Master has... Pure intentions when they're trying to, you know, find good story hooks and make sure that all of the characters are represented. And oh, like, you know, this thing that this character doesn't. So this is going to be a cool way to, you know, heighten this part of the story. Where a reality TV producer maybe doesn't have the purest intentions. And like, but we know. What do you mean? (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying. They're always like, you know, egging on the part like you. You need to confront... That's why these stupid conversations always happen at, like, parties. And, like, if if you were truly this person's friend, you wouldn't tell them their husband was making out with another woman at a party. You would do it, like, in private. I'm sorry. Wait, you're not supposed to do that? I have been telling you that for years, Greg. Like, (laughs) Greg ruins every party we're at together
0: just (laughs) by
1: dropping these nuggets.
0: I'm mostly making them up, too. It's just... Let me roll. Honestly,
1: like the, the housewives do too. So. Yes, <laughs> but like it's like there's so much of that behind the scene. Like you need to go tell her that right now at this charity event before she goes to give the keynote speech or something. So they
2: dangle it in front of they yes. dangle
1: the, the desire
2: to be more likable or get more screen time on the show in front of them as well. Being like, well. You know, the viewers aren't gonna know that you feel this way unless you say so you know, they're the producers are playing the game just as much as the housewives are, if not more. Exactly.
1: And I just think like there's some good learnings for dungeon masters there on how to like pull at those threads Manipulate and find people <laughs> for, the, that, for the greater good
3: how to get how people that?
1: to do kind I of said, what you
3: wanna do I or said, where you want to go but without telling them you want them to there's feel like- dungeon
1: master skills are, greg i said dms are pure in their intentions and tv show <laughs> producers are not so you take away the impure desires and you have good dungeon master tools i'm gonna there. go I,
0: Talk to Raceland and be like, "You should confront your brother in the middle of this uh, thing. It'll be really great content for the other party to watch you fighting."
1: <laughs> I am just saying, you can find those good hooks in people's backstories and weave together a, a very dynamic story well, for you the have good.
3: Have you know not? You have to have negative things happen in order to get those you know great moments. Uh, we have so much fun being terrible to each other, I think. <laughs> yeah, And having that reality TV show producer excuse is all I ever needed, I'm realizing. <laughs> so yes. um, I do feel equipped with all of uh, the watching and thinking I've done about these reality shows and th- what happens behind the scenes. Uh, finally, I have something to something productive to do with it exactly
2: (laughs) and I think it helps that we're all genuinely good friends in real life too so that so it feels delightful to like pick at each other and stir up drama in the party because (laughs) we're all we all genuinely love each other so much I don't know if it would work as well with like a group of strangers who come in and immediately are like saying really catty things to each other and like ruining each other's plans Mm -hmm. I feel like at some point midway through our first season I was reading something that was like, well, you never want a character in the party that's like trying to derail the party. And I was right. like, oh, no, that is literally all we do.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you well, have to I mean, go this is actually it. pretty
0: fascinating because now I'm thinking of, uh, you know, playing evil party dynamics uh, yeah. in in the fantasy tropes. They always end up being how do you keep a group together because most of these evil people wouldn't actually be working together or they wouldn't trust or maybe they would trust one or two of them but there's no way they would trust every single member of the party and how do you just not devolve into fighting Um, there has to be some trust by the party to be like okay well we all have one goal or we all have like one thing that we're going for there might be sniping there might be insults back and forth but we're all trying to do one thing and it seems like a lot of the things that you've learned about putting this group together as well as how to keep it at the table, right? To keep the the conflict only manufactured so that when you do, I mean, so do you guys have to do like Uh, because bleed is very uh, uh, a thing that happens right where Mm -hmm. where the emotional story that you're telling at the table can go into the interpersonal relationships do you guys have to do like decompressing sessions after and like big like hey even though i said that really mean thing that was a joke remember like that was not us really doing that Do do you find that that helps in any way or or because you're such professionals improvers that you're just like ah, it doesn't matter we'll just make people laugh
2: so far, I feel like it's been fine, but I, it's also possible somebody's harboring secret feelings,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they want to use it in game for the show. Yeah, my God, you,
2: there is some char- There is some bleed between players and characters in the game where, like, somebody will get somebody will be like, "What you're doing that to me?" And I'm like, "You don't know I'm doing it secretly. It's behind your back. You can't get upset about it." So, like, there's like there's some degree of there being overlap with being like, "Is that is that Anya speaking or is that Nicole speaking?" But I, I hopefully, for the most part, nobody actually takes that away from the table itself. Because I think maybe because we built our game with that being a clear part of it, that we wanted to have this sense of manufactured drama. And there are always being, yeah, like, true. certain factions against each other. And, like, this, again, the shared history, mm-hmm. uh, backstory of, like, who's feuding with who, that that it didn't feel, that it felt expected. So people don't necessarily
3: take as much offense to it, maybe, hopefully. A big part of how they produce the Real Housewives is conflict and resolution. It's really just waves of that, and that part is the manufactured part. Is all of that, you know, the force sitting down. We call it the apology couch. Um, <laughs> but that what I take away when when watching it is that part. It's like oh you know that this isn't real they're being made to do this and where are they both sitting with this having to sit down and there's this beat sheet and they have to their job is to have this conversation with each other um, and for one of them to come out on top and there's
2: a lot more freedom obviously in dnd than there is on the actual real housewives Uh, to try more ridiculous things. You know, if you look at Real Housewives of New York and you compare somebody like Bethany Frankel to someone like Aviva Drescher, who both go for big swings in terms of drama on the show, but it really worked out for one of them and it really didn't work out for another one. Sorry, Aviva, bye. Bye. Uh, we are, we have more permission to do more ridiculous things without the consequences that the Real Housewives face. So you'll probably see more ridiculous drama in Saxpira than you would necessarily see on a a single given season
1: of Real Housewives. I mean, you bring up Aviva. And (laughs) I mean, like, if. What happened with her iconic moment happened in d and D game? It might even read as like that's over the top. That even yeah, it way. might have been too much for
2: even D D. That's true. That's true. Greg, to catch you up <laughs> of be um... like
0: our listeners may not know. <laughs> I know this, this no context. <laughs>
2: So Aviva came into a a finale episode with a really clear plan of some drama that she was going to start and some choices she was going to make and ended up taking off her artificial leg and slamming it on the table in the middle of like a very fancy restaurant and a big party. And then like throwing it into the crowd of people being like, the only fake thing about me is this. And it's like an iconic Housewives (laughs) moment now, but it, because it was so cringy, like everyone could tell that she was just trying to manufacture this thing and she had clearly planned this like catchy line before she got there. And it's it's one of the most transparent moments on the show, which is why it's also one of, you know, a fa- it's a favorite moment, a, fa- a fan favorite moment. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. But yeah, you can see you can see her playing too hard because that's part of it, too, is they're all playing this game, but you never want to admit that you're playing the game or show that you're
1: playing the game. Um, yeah, Aviva just she took too far. She took too yeah. far. Trying to get that second season. Yeah.
0: Didn't work for her. All right. So Didn't no work. fake legs. Okay. That's what I've learned so far. <laughs>
1: you can have fake legs. Greg. You can, yeah. <laughs> you, can. You, can. you just have, you have to know how to use yeah. it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Now, conversely, when Teresa from the Real Housewives of New Jersey was so infuriated that her sister-in-law would bring sprinkle cookies to her child's christening. Oh, um, she, she was so well, she was angry about other things and she flipped a table in a restaurant, um, also very iconic. That was very yeah. natural. That yes. was yes. like really like from the yes. heart. You could yeah, tell was a that. was star th- is born kind of Yes. A moment, totally. That, and I'm sure producers were just like,
3: oh, yes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they were like, second, write her up for that second yeah, season. Immediately. Yes. Yes. So. Yeah.
2: No, there are, and there are like, Housewives is kind of defined by, by moments like that that do work where you're, the Aviva one doesn't work because you can see through it so easily that you're like, oh, man, I wish it was real, but I can tell that it isn't. But there are, there are a lot where you're like, I'm pretty sure this is real, or at least like I'm willing to suspend a little <laughs> yes. bit of belief. like Lisa Rinna shattering the glass on the table or whatever. There are various slaps in the face. It's soap opera, really. It's When it comes down to it, it's like real, in big quotes, soap
1: opera storylines. Yes. Yeah,
3: but with the storylines affecting their real lives and their real families, which just feels like it raises the stakes a bit.
1: Yeah, definitely. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, Balan, you haven't, you didn't DM before this campaign? You were, you said you were a player. Uh, a player in one campaign like 10 or 15 years ago. But no. Wow. Okay. Well, can you tell us a little bit about your journey into becoming a Dungeon Master and how... You, and what it was like to play with a mostly new cast of people who to Dungeons and Dragons? How did you, how did you prepare and prepare the cast for this?
3: Well, we um, we had a lot of help from Brian Forrest in the in the beginning, our our fantasy consultant. Nice, we like to call him um, a friend of Riley and Nicole's that came in and um, helped Allison and myself learn the basics of what we would we would need to know t- in order to dm successfully we read the books beautiful wizards of the coast books um and then we were very terrified for like half of the season okay. to do any combat um felt sick about it oh. the entire time just like could i mean did not really wrap our heads around it probably until uh the th- the last third of the first season and then it, yeah, it became a lot more natural. I played a lot of video games, um, as I've said before, um, a lot of open world RPGs, a lot of inventory management, a lot of, you know, a, a lot of stuff like that. So, it, in terms of game mechanics, I was very excited to be doing that um, and to learn that side of DD. In fact, all of it, I've kind of always wanted a reason to do this. Um yeah, so uh, about 3 months before we got up and running with the the DMing thing. That's that's
1: impressive. That's a lot of research.
2: Reading. We, we, I remember a, a discussion we had in those early text message days that was like, should we try and get someone who's kind of an Andy Cohen type to be our DM? And we sort of like asked a couple of people. And then I feel like your, your exact words were something along the lines of like, I need to just accept my fate oh. and become what I know I was always meant to
1: become. Or I mean, that's like. basically the voice. The voice told you you had to yeah. do this.
3: It and was the reality thank God you did, TV right? thing, too. It was that piece. It was knowing the that part of the world so clearly. It felt like the DMing had to be um, embedded in the reality show knowledge, too, and how yeah. to um, translate some of that stuff into D&D. And we only learned,
2: we learned, like, two weeks ago, right? Okay, we started this show in July or June of 2021. We learned two weeks ago that... Allison, our other co-DM, had never watched Real Housewives. Oh, my gosh, really? <laughs> Greg, this is for you. We sat her down live on Discord. We showed her the pilot of Orange County, the very first episode oh, of Real my Housewives God. ever. And she's hooked. Like, we watched three or four episodes then. And since then, she's been like, so when are we going to finish the season? I just I just need to know what happens. I need to know what happens to them. Um, know what so happens the to them? <laughs> <laughs> slippery slope.
1: Yeah. Um, so Sometimes how do, I am jealous of people who haven't seen all of the Housewives episodes. They've got so much to look forward They do. To. You really do. Anyway, sorry, Greg. What were you going to say?
0: I was just going to say, now you're jealous of me. because um, I am. I, I've only seen the clips. Um, so we've talked a lot about the, uh, the, like the real Housewives part of this, but then how, I mean, I, I feel like this is able to satirize both sides, right? Like you're able to kind of show off what's interesting about the reality part of it, but then how does that dovetail into the dnd side of things and what type of plots are you developing and you mentioned that they come into a dungeon like right away right so there is a little bit like of a of a hook there but what's going on in the in the in the fantasy side of of this storyline
3: um it takes them a whole season to get through five days of our campaign <laughs> it's four it's so we it's take so days.
2: long I love We're that. constantly like can't use any of our spells because we haven't slept in four episodes. <laughs> That's
3: great. <laughs> uh, so in terms of like what's happening in the world of Saxpira, uh, about four days worth of things happen. Um there is a bigger reason why they are there. Um that has to do with the big bad. Um that is the reason why they're going on this specific pathway. Um, I'm trying not to give away. I know right? it's so. I know. It's such so a delicate go. balance. Yeah. Leave. I mean, I will say you guys did a great job
2: of easing us in because you were learning and we were learning at the same time. We were really eased into gameplay in general with D&D, like Valen mentioned, being like, OK, today we're going to try combat and see what happens. Uh, but I but within that, there are a lot of kind of fun, classic d d things, tropes and characters and encounters and situations that you guys hit on um, to really emphasize that we are reality show characters, but we're now very much in a DND fantasy world. So almost everything that happens on the show is actually more
3: d than yes. Housewives, I would say. That's a really good point. Um, we wanted that that juxtaposition between the housewives and classic DND. so they go to the tavern really early on. Um, there's a goblin fight, there are owl bears uh anything that we felt like was the most classic, you know D what do you think when you think of DND we tried yeah. to put that in our first season so that you could really see the difference uh between where they came from and where they are now and how how they relate to that change. I gave Valen and Allison full credit for inventing
2: owl bears until I saw the trailer for the (laughs) D&D movie and was like, oh, that's Uh, a thing that exists. I was
1: like, they made up such a cool thing for us. Awesome. You did not correct that, Valen? You were just ready to... I didn't know that that It was was just in my head. I was just like, oh, cool, cool (laughs) idea. (laughs) An owl and a bear.
3: Yeah, great.
1: Amazing. Mm -hmm. So... Where do you where do you see this going next? Like, what what else is in store for the Real Housewives of Dungeons and Dragons?
3: I think their overarching uh, mission is to try to get back home somehow, um, and that's kind of the what the what they're doing here. They're going towards that adventure i suppose our first season is focused around finding we got
2: separated from one of our party members early in the first season yeah. so a lot of the focus of the first season is finding this one party member um we have 15 episodes in our first season right we just released episode 11 this week so we're getting towards the end of this initial campaign that we or this initial part of the campaign that we kind of Thought of as more of a little bit like a prologue, almost like a tutorial, literally a tutorial for the players, <laughs> but also just like this concept and these characters. Uh, and then I will say, because we have recorded five or six episodes of season two already, um, that things change.
1: Yes, <laughs> they are, do. And yeah, that's-
2: <laughs> there's some new stuff that happens in season two um, that's very exciting and leads to some new pathways
3: and it's so yeah. big. It picks up it picks up at the end of season 1, but um yeah, it shifts from an origin story to really coming into your
0: own new power. Just like the season 2 housewives would.
2: Thank you, That's Greg. Right. Season is already getting this, it. He knows. <laughs>
0: Greg. They're in yeah. their power. They are able yeah. to uh, exert it.
2: And we're also exploring um we are gearing up to record our very first mini campaign which is also in the world of Saxpira, but involving entirely unrelated characters, tiny, tiny creatures. Valen, do you want
3: to talk about tiny creatures? Yeah, tiny creatures will be our first one shot um, all about all things tiny, the tiny, the tinier, the better, the tiniest yeah. of creatures.
2: Um, and then we're also exploring more ways to play with these d d mechanics and some of the reality shows, storytelling and producing that we've come to love so much. Uh, so the next mini campaign.
3: Yes.
1: As an announcement. Is this an announcement? I this feel like an my heart just started beating really fast. Uh, we will be doing The Bachelor. Okay. Oh, that was one of my questions. Max <laughs> Spira. It Stop. has to happen. Stop. Yeah. Stop. yeah. I'm dead. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but now I'm alive again because but I have the to-
0: bachelorette. <laughs> the Bachelor.
1: Not yet. The Bachelor. The Bachelor. Yeah. bachelor so start. that mm. was going to be, that was one of my questions for you. Is that because you've mentioned The Bachelor, you've mentioned Survivor. Mm-hmm. Do you see a, a world in which you could take other reality show properties and turn them into campaigns? And you can? The Bachelor? For sure. Because oh, of the, yeah. network. the network. The network. The all-powerful network Thank has you. so
2: many strings they can pull at any given moment. And we also... I Among Us, we have covered a lot of different shows, and there the possibilities. As soon as you kind of had this in your mind, you're watching The Circle, you're watching Love Is Blind, and you're just like, okay, oh yeah, oh this could be a campaign for sure. Below deck, below deck, could be great. Yeah, absolutely. Wow,
1: like you know, that's that they are an adventuring party essentially, just dealing with a different cast of NPCs constantly. Would you be the captain if we did Below Deck, Shelly? Do what? Would you be the captain? Which, well, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> the captain feels kind of like like the oh, behind behind this like the they're the, just like showing up and like using the the water toys when the the crew goes off and does like their day off and then it's like Captain Sandy on a paddleboard. Oh yay! Um, <laughs> I've never seen below deck, but oh, now you've I have got to, watch. to. Yeah, it's amazing. But yes. Yeah, I. There isn't a world in which a reality D and D campaign like that I would ever not want to be right there, just in the in the a cog in that wheel. Yes,
2: there's uh, there's so much overlap between living like living vicariously through reality TV, living vicariously through D and D. It just allows us to be like, this isn't my life, and will never be my life. But what if I just sort of like was a fly on the wall or got to like play around and in this world and see what happens and i think yeah the possibilities Magic. within that
3: that simulating mashup. the experience of being cast on one of these shows and then actually going through the process of what it would be like to be on one is is kind of yeah that's the root of what we're doing plus goblins plus,
1: plus and owls <laughs> and that is kind of why we watch these shows to begin with like we are not awful people but like right like just to be a fly on the wall and see the the awful people and in like a safe in the safety of your living room. Greg's like, no. Greg, <laughs> I highly my recommend time. starting Why you start with
2: that? Salt Lake City. It's three seasons. It's some of the most intense drama on any Real Housewives show yet. The characters are more unhinged than I've seen anywhere else. It's a really
3: easy one to
2: try in case you want to try it,
3: and that okay. one was originally um a women who have businesses in Utah type show that they repackaged as Salt Lake City. So if that makes you feel better about
1: I. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, so it's not it wasn't originally <laughs> conceived as a real Souls. Yeah. Greg, I assure you what happened in the Beauty Lab parking lot Listen. is more intense than Wild. anything that's ever happened in your D&D games. And Wild. I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> what a twist.
0: Mm-hmm. But a twist. There is there isn't been a bit of wish fulfillment here though, right? Like I think there like this is where it, to be the one voice of, of of criticism here. I feel like that's <laughs> where it becomes not good right because there is people who i know who watch these shows and were like i want to be like that person sure right. and, and then they go the on those shit out of me rather than different than like a, a um like a drama show that's written that you're like okay well there was some craft here and there was some you know there was a, a a deliberate choice made by these evil characters by the writers who made them that feels more real to me than people who are fake participating in this story um
2: I, there but. are good Her characters produced,
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah it's very produced and then there are characters there are some characters that that it wouldn't be terrible to be like i kind of want to be like so and so so it just kind of depends who they're picking like right. if they were like i really want to be jen
1: shaw i would be like yeah. Right. but if yeah. they were like
2: i want to be carol radzell i'd be like that's fine right
1: yes and i do want to be carol
2: yeah we all do she's incredible
1: um and also like i hear i hear you but i think you also know enough people who watch these shows that aren't actually terrible people so yeah. plenty of us can plenty of us can watch without being like i'm going to start i'm going to scam seniors out of their retirement money this is a I great mean, idea <laughs> i saw it on tv it must be fine it must be cool and, right and if and if you truly do want to be that person then you probably will apply to be on a reality TV show one day and yeah. you and then that's how these shows get cast. There's never people who aren't filling in applications. Yeah. But
0: now I want to make the fantasy voice uh, or American Idol where it's just like bards competing uh, to, to, oh, yeah.
1: that to can work, achieve.
2: Yeah. That is another element of Cassandra's character. There's oh, on most of the seasons, there's someone who thinks they're going to become a singer and they just throw a lot of money at it and they have no musical talent at all. So Oh, we've yeah. added That into my character as That's well. Right. Um, that's an
3: yes. important uh,
2: that's,
3: oh, Yeah, I mean, stable. gosh. College yeah. of glamour bard is what Cassandra is on paper um on the D&D side. We oh, also made up classes right. for all of their earth that like every um every character has an earth class as well as oh. um a D&D class. So an for Cassandra, it's confidence artist. <laughs> um
2: yeah, you that. make it confidence. <laughs> Listen, the
3: healing crystals work. That's all I've got to say.
1: <laughs> MLM. I agree, absolutely. Oh, this is truly incredible. This is just <laughs> like—I can't tell you how much I was looking forward to this conversation, and it just—it's even better than in my imagination. It's just the well, best. good.
2: I hope we've lived up to the expectations and continue to as this campaign goes to who knows where. You don't. I sure don't. I do. (laughs) She does.
1: So one last question, though, for you, Balan, is, again, because these shows are so rich with character, do you ever, do you pull, like, NPCs from other uh, iconic reality TV show characters? Do we ever see... Because, I mean, Leanne Locken comes to mind. I just feel like The Real Housewives of Dallas, like... I, I have her voice in my head often when she um, when she was like these hands they're <laughs> not they're not knives but they work just as well. Like I mean she's We're such a good character. Yes. That's what I think. Like she's a she's horrible. You know, Greg, you need to stay far away from Leanne because she will absolutely just reinforce every one of your terrible mm-hmm. the stereotypes that are in your head. But as a character
3: Oh my god. There is so much room for for more housewives to jump in. <laughs> There's also more room for uh more guest NPCs uh and you know in my wildest fantasies four years from now or whatever it is Sonia Morgan playing oh, she, herself
1: as a guest NPC. You guys she'll do it. I, 100%. I feel like she might. <laughs> she would absolutely do it. I did actually order a cameo from her once for a friend and <laughs> I will say, like, literally, like, Uh,
0: I hit... The faces that (laughs) you two just made were like, what?
1: For everyone else, so is she's She is one of my favorite housewives. Yeah. um, And she's from the Housewives of New York. Um, But Uh. I did, I ordered a cameo, and it said, please allow, like, 7 to 14 days for your cameo. I'm like, whatever. I can't tell you. Like, I hit pay, and maybe three and a half seconds later, she was in my inbox. Like, she was that fast at it. She's thirsty. And she was just like, clearly like she's like at somebody else's house Mm -hmm. and just like, oh, I just got a request for a cameo. Hang on, you guys can, I'm just going to do it right here. Just like sitting on someone else's couch, random people just walking around in the background. And it was for a friend who had lost her mom and I knew she was having a hard time going through like the Christmas season without her. So I was like, what would cheer my friend up? Sonia. And so there uh, Sonia was just telling her like, it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. I know what it's like. I lost my, like, she was so sweet. She was so kind, just like went on for a long time. And um, yeah, my friend called me in tears. She was like, I don't know how you, she didn't know about Cameo. So <laughs> similar to like, you didn't know owl bears were already. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's way more impressive. You, when she you was like, how did connection. you do that? I'm like. I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> Incredible,
2: and I feel like I would be disappointed if it wasn't that. If it was Sonya, like very prepared, exactly.
1: Very I'd be like, "This no. is what I ordered." She was a little bit buzzed, and was, she the, was I'm in, like, like, "I, a I want rant. a drink or two in in the system." Somebody else's house. Just people in the cameo, just like yeah, like talking to her, like like she actually did make it seem like I know, like. She was like, oh, yeah, your friend Shelly. I'm like, oh, she said my name, too. Like, And, yeah, it just, it was amazing. It was, so I f- I feel like you could just ask for a cameo of, like, yeah. the script you want her to say as an NPC, mm-hmm. and she'll just act like an NPC. But, yes. um, Yeah, and also I see, would love to, and I'm going to help make this happen in any way that I can, BravoCon, we need to see the Real Housewives of D&D at BravoCon.
2: I would... I would just pee. I would think they, <laughs> they'd have to escort me
1: out. <laughs> <laughs> With, like, real, like, Housewives showing up as NPCs. Does that happen on Real
0: Housewives? Do they just start peeing? Yeah, it does?
1: Does. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yes. And Boy, That is right. There's Ramona. Yep. Greg. There's a whole trip to Colombia or whatever. What yes. It's... Or just even, like, in Mexico. Like, several. It, it has. Yeah. It's yep. happened. It's on brand. It's It's <laughs> <laughs> <There's> canon. <laughs>
0: Well, I didn't know there was poop and pee jokes. Now I'm in. Now
2: I'm interested. <laughs> it has that's everything. Come on. It's got everything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why the fake leg didn't get you there immediately. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I thought that was really going to reel you right in. Yeah. <laughs> <These> <laughs> on Salt Lake City, there's a there's a woman who's married
2: to her own grandfather. Oh, oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Step-grandfather. Intrigued.
2: Are you yeah. intrigued? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Exactly. Happy Father's Day, everyone. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh.
1: Oh, man. Well, yeah, the material, material, just a
0: construct uh, that has the lady who has knives for hands. Like, I feel like <laughs> it just needs to, the construct needs to talk. They're like, not. They're not knives.
1: They're not knives until you get to Shakespeare and you find out that they're actual knives. They were actually- <laughs> just as good. <laughs> <laughs> and Craig, she was a carny. She could come from the Witch Lake Carnival. Oh. She, there's um, like literally like a class you this can, has you can <laughs> This has to happen. Shelly? Shelley? Yes. I- I'm in. Shelley, it sounds like I'm you've in. been practicing for this
2: role forever. <laughs> I, I, and congratulations! And I also cast. have a voice,
1: just like you do, Fallon. But mine <laughs> is Lillian Locken, and in the middle of the night, I, I'm just about to fall asleep, <laughs> and I hear ladies' high hands. <laughs> Her husband goes to the roundup. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll be in touch yeah Yeah. um, yeah. oh
3: my
2: god I (laughs) will say we've luckily heard from listeners who like our show uh, and haven't seen Real Housewives or played D&D necessarily that it is accessible so within all of this inside baseball chat about Real Housewives (laughs) um, hopefully if you're listening and you are like I don't know what you're talking about
1: that's okay you don't need to know you, you can, can still e- enjoy if you've it. even
2: just heard of a Kardashian, like you're caught up. You're you'll get it. Right? <laughs> you'll
0: get it.
1: It's, yeah, it's the learning curve is. If
0: beautiful. you participate in culture at all, you'll get <laughs> at all. a little bit of what's <laughs> happening.
1: Scandival. If you've heard of Scandival, there's a place for you. Oh, nah, man, we didn't even touch on that. So
0: <laughs> we didn't. Uh, what's Scandal? Well, next next time, time you guys come next on. We'll time, next time, next
1: time. That's gonna be <laughs> talk about well, villains.
0: Woo. <gasps> The Real Housewives of Dungeons & Dragons is a podcast. It's out there everywhere you get podcasts, I assume. Yep. Sweet. Where can people find out? (laughs) (laughs) that's (laughs)
2: right. (laughs) 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 Yep.
0: All right, done. Got it. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Uh, Where can people follow uh, each of you as well as the show on the social medias? Because I think we we got a lot of converts (laughs) happening. Maybe not me, but other people who are listening are going to start listening more.
2: Uh, Yeah, you can follow me personally on Instagram at Riley Ace of Spies and on Twitter at Riley Rose Critch. Um, Valen is at Valen Forever. Is that right? Yeah. And then our show is at Housewives of D&D across all platforms. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash Housewives of d as well. That is where we're doing all of our mini campaigns. So that's where you'll find tiny creatures. Um, later on, you'll find The Bachelor there as Yay! well. And then we also do like a behind the scenes podcast where it's super fun for me just as a person um, and as a player to hear after the fact all the things that Valen and Allison thought were going to happen or oh, had nice. planned for us that we then just ruin. We ruined so many things, constantly ruining. There was a whole place. wedding that they didn't go to and oh. participate in.
3: Um, <laughs> Sorry,
2: we had to get out of town. I was bored. Um, <laughs> so if you want to hear the backstory about all of this stuff, there's also a full podcast
1: for that. <laughs> nice. uh, and Discord Mansion.
2: Yes, yeah, Valen spent a lot of time building a gorgeous Discord mansion with all sorts of fun surprises
1: within. Um, Yeah. Finally had a reason to. (laughs) Well, I hope you have many, many more reasons to do all the things that are probably percolating in your head right now.
0: Shelly's going to get that that 2 a.m. text.
3: These These hands. (laughs) These (laughs) hands.
0: You
1: in? You guys... There is in the witchlight carnival. They're called witchlight hands. Like that is like the, isn't that it the subclass? Itself. Yes, they
3: and they work at the carnival. There's so oh. many correlations. I know we've already talked about it, but there are. It's it's
1: fascinating. It really thank is. It is show business. I've been saying it for years. Thank you for <laughs> finally making it a reality. Well Love done. Love it.
0: Well done. Awesome. Thanks you guys.
1: Thank you so much for having oh us. Gosh, this thank you.
0: Yeah. What a wonderful inspirational bit of storytelling the combining of two things that you love very much Shelley.
1: And it in a very well done wonderful way. I couldn't I couldn't have realized my dream better or in more capable hands. I am so excited. I'm really excited. The amount excited. of
0: lore that you were able to spout off around uh the Are Housewives, you impressed? I mean young it's like
1: it's almost like you talking about Star Trek. Like
0: it's true. It, is. it did remind me a little I bit. Really, of like there's some deep cuts here.
1: There is, and I, I definitely felt like like a master, and I am very proud of of my my lore. This is why I don't remember like I'm supposed to meet with Quinn's teacher or something because I'm like because I remember Aviva throwing her artificial leg instead. Like I remember that entire conversation that surrounded that. So it is what it is, friends. It is what it is.
0: I think that oh, wow. leg is going to be a magic item in my next D d oh campaign.
1: Oh my god, a magic <laughs> item! Genius, Greg, you are. <laughs> see, you you're inspired today too.
0: I am. It's true. It's uh, you know, and and the kind of notion that reality television is people role playing evil. Uh, D&D characters. I'm like, okay. That clicked a little bit in my head, uh, something. It's not something I definitely love or enjoy uh, uh, as much as playing the more heroic characters out there, but I could see the appeal of being like, alright, yeah, I have the license to be uh, a, a dick right now uh, in this safe improvised storytelling zone.
1: I I agree. I thought that was a very astute observation because it, they it, they really are doing everything against like what a traditional d d campaign would be like... Uh, an adventuring party generally comes together because they want to work together. Yeah. And these this group of women do not. Uh, they're kind of forced to act like they do, which I think is an interesting dynamic to have. And also, like, to be more terrible <laughs> than the next... <laughs> For is entertainment also value. Very different. Um, yeah. To one-up somebody when in... D&D were always like you work together, it's better when you're together and sometimes you're the hero and sometimes you're the assist <laughs> and it's not like that in the housewives world. like you always have to be the hero. So but yet it it, it works. It makes for an yeah. interesting story.
0: As long as there's something that binds the group together, whether it be some goal or something and so like the the goal to get home is perfect for for what they're doing cuz it's okay. They don't have to be competing for that. They all want it together and so. Yeah. That makes total sense, and I can't wait uh, for what they do in season two. It seems like they've got uh, amazing stories ready to go, um, and I've already recorded them too, so that's really cool. So, yeah, we like podcasts. Check out the Real Housewives of Dungeons and Dragons um, if you uh, would like, and if you would like to also follow them along on social medias, you can then follow us if you have not already. I am uh, at Greg Tito on Twitter and Mastodon and Blue Sky and a couple other places now. We're trying to see what really shakes out. Uh, what about you?
1: Well, um, I'm I'm just out there on Twitter and Instagram, really, at Shelly Moo. I did launch my newsletter, though. Sweet. So you can now sign up for that. You can either do that at my website at uh, ShellyMastonable.com or you can go to Substack.com slash at Shelly Mazzanoble and just go right there. But yeah, join me on this little uh, weekly newsletter potpourri. We'll see what happens.
0: I'm sure you're going to talk about some reality television on there.
1: Uh, This week, I'm definitely going to be talking about this episode, I think. So
0: get ready for that. Check it out. All right. For those of you who are paying attention to what's going on with Junkie Two Shoes, she is in a deluge of water in the world of, uh, or in the city of Sagarpur, in the world of uh, Mani Varsha, uh, looking for evidence of more cat folk, more tabaxi out there.
1: Yeah. And
0: her brother Daryl, Drucky Tushu sees Daryl performing on stage in front of hundreds, if not thousands, of people within Sagarpur. And he kills it. He does so well. He rocks it. Everyone's cheering. As that happens, a a very large wave of water crashes, grows from the river behind the stage where Daryl Two-Shoes was performing and crashes down upon that stage. And there's water everywhere, flowing in different directions. Um, Everything is happening super fast. Uh, So we're going to roll for initiative. Oh, no. For the first time in a long, long time.
1: Why am I down hit points? Did I just take damage? You did just take damage
0: because the water crashed over you and you took um, bludgeoning damage and were knocked prone. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay.
0: Um, and there are now uh, boats and all types of things from the riverbanks, detritus, uh, you know, all, anything that was just piled up now is all floating. So there are any foodstuffs or, or, or building materials or anything. It's just, it's a, it's a huge uh, cacophony of uh, dangerous things. And you see, as, as you pop down uh, and try to like shake off the water from uh, th- your fur, uh, as it's, it's all over you your 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 friends and party members are kind of all around you uh, in various states of uh injury some of them are more shaken than others but you don't only get a second to glance at them before you realize that there are now a large number of poisonous snakes all around oh, you no. snakes writhing uh, you're not sure exactly where they came from but they're all out there and looking like they're uh, uh very agitated and um, you see, uh, fangs, uh, and it's a, it's it's Rig. very very disturbing. All right, so what did ah! you get for initiative? Eight. You got an eight. I got a nine. So the snakes are gonna act first before you are able to do anything, and they they are gonna bite you.
1: Me? Um,
0: yeah. So they're close to you, and they get an eighteen. Uh, to hit jerks yeah they're all so you see the swarm is now all around you um, ah. and they're uh, biting um, and uh, several of your party members get a two oh my god all six of them are also all bit oh um, no and they oh, take no, no. a large number of damage and they're gonna take all uh, of us three three piercing damage oh wait is this for all of us yeah all of you take three piercing damage so it's not okay. too bad and actually, I rolled really low. So you're okay. Thank God. But yeah, because they're all going after them, they went after so many different targets. Each of you kind of have like a snake kind of in front of you. Um, and you need to make me a saving throw. I do. You do. You're making okay. a constitution saving throw.
1: Okie dokie. Here we go. How about a 13? A 13? Yeah.
0: Okay. You take eight poison damage. Oh no! Even though you passed the save, you would have taken sixteen. Um, so yeah, it bit a hold of you, and one of its uh, fangs got a hold, and and all of a sudden, in your in your bicep is uh, starting to feel really painful, and uh, you can't move it as well as you could. But you're uh, the water is kind of dissipating and flowing away. But you're now have these these uh, writhing mass of poisonous snakes in front of you. What are you gonna do? Um,
1: I want to use burning hands. These burning hands. hands. <laughs>
0: Yes.
1: These hands. i burning. All right. Great. <laughs> they may not be on fire, but they work just as well. Okay.
0: I'm um, going to make a deck save. Is
1: that right? You need to make a deck save. Yes.
0: Uh, all right. I got a 19. God so I think I. Damn it. I think I beat that.
1: And a failed save. Okay. But you still take half damage. Okay. You. Oh, hang on. I got to roll my. God my damage. I got. Oh, eight, so you take four damage.
0: Okay, uh, so, so you put, put, point your fingers out. What does it look Whoosh. like as you cast the burning hands? What does, it, what does it do?
1: My thumbs are touching. Oh, wait, cats don't have thumbs.
0: <laughs> my paws are touching. Tabaxi have thumbs, though, so you're okay.
1: Oh, well, there we go. And flames, like a hose of flame from each of my fingertips, blasts out at these snakes, and I burn them. I burn right. them real good. So it's a
0: lot of heat being applied to a aquatic creature. And whoosh, their uh, steam whoosh, flows up all around you. And you hear screams coming from many of your
1: God um, team members. I, bur- Altia, I burned my Samson, team members.
0: John, I mean, if you're, it's a, it's a swarm of snakes. Um, and uh, we'll pick it up next time as the screams oh, my. I can't uh, are go, what you hear. I
1: can't go thinking that I've hurt my party.
0: That's a dramatic thing. Can I have said stand
1: back? Enough. Stand back party and then did it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see next time what happens oh, no. as there is nothing but a big huge plume of white steam that goes up from this well, area. It's good
1: for our pores.
0: <laughs> it's Very it's cleansing. A spa day.
1: <laughs> it's spa day. Yay. <laughs> awesome. Woo. Speaking you. of dramatic,
0: huh?